0: But what the Democratic Party wanted to do then was have one thing, and that was control. Hmm. Control the mind, because Lyndon B. Johnson said it himself. If you got what? If you get them on welfare, you got to vote for life.
1: Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Welcome to Indie Ticker with Reed Uberman. I'm very excited to have a businessman, a adopted son of a great family, and a uh, political candidate for the 5th District of Tennessee here in the house today, Quincy McKnight. What's up, Quincy? Thanks for being with us, man. Thanks, Reed. Yeah, uh, already from uh, at least the initial conversation, I can tell we're going to talk about some <laughs> interesting, fun stuff today. So I'm excited to be able to speak with a straight
0: shooter. It's really hard to find in the political world, man. Hey, you know, I, I tell you all, that's why you got to, it's kind of like buying a car, man. you yeah. got to know what you're buying. Yeah. You know,
1: and there's used car salesmen oh, everywhere. So. There are a whole lot of used car salesmen <laughs> yeah. out here, so. Well, I, I like to start with kind of a softball question, so, uh, and keep it light, and then we'll dig into the weeds. So first question is, uh, or the first thing that we'll talk about is race and politics, just to keep it light. Yeah. Um, so, man, I'm just, I really want to get into your personal story, but this, something's just really been agitating me to be totally honest with you but also just really interesting to see the way the left as they started to start to lose races especially with what just happened in virginia mm-hmm. and the conversation about race just gets more and more interesting so i'm just wondering um and we'll wait in as far as you want to specifically with what happened in virginia and with winsome sears mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. and then some of the, like uh the way joy reed responded to it on msnbc oh, yeah. and calling it white supremacy that she won and uh and then even probably prior to that with larry elder how he's the He's the black face of white supremacy, which yeah. all, you know, if a Republican had said that, uh, that would seem like a racial epithet. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, man, kind of like what your personal experience is, because you're you're a Republican congressional yeah. candidate, yeah. you're a black man, obviously, mm-hmm. the camera yeah. is not deceiving. <laughs> um, uh, you identify as a black man. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, so I'm just wondering what your experience is and what you think about what's going on with the media and how they've just lost their mind when it comes to like, black republicans and black conservatives because winsome some is a strong black woman she oh, yeah. seems to be you know solid great candidate and under any you know normal circumstance you would think that they would celebrate that but they just cannot bring themselves to celebrate a strong powerful black woman when they when she might you know conflict with their narrative so i'm just interested in your
0: kind of feedback about all of that yeah so first of all I will say that Mrs. Sears is a great woman. Um, I've personally met her. I've spent time with her um, this whole year as she was campaigning. Okay, cool. Um, so her and Pastor e. W. Jackson, uh, we we were able to get rather close and um, seeing how important that her race is um, for the Virginia area. So I will say that to start off. Uh, secondly, dealing with the media and how they're controlling they want to con the to control the race narrative. Yeah. Because if you notice, very, 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 very few blacks are making it a deal mm-hmm. that wins some series one. Yeah. More more of them actually are happy. Um you can't go off and nor should white america or any part of america really be going off of a joy reed yeah um, you know <laughs>
1: but that but that's so crazy though i think is just that you can no longer trust the media that's no. still something that's still maybe it's been like that for a while but something that's kind of on our radar now yeah. uh more so than ever before is still kind of startling that you cannot you just cannot trust anything they say
0: no you can't um and if anything Trust them, then verify. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like that old saying. Uh, but anything that Joy reads right now, you, you got a lot of people that are furious, they're frustrated because they know that Democratic Party is their days are numbered. Yeah, um, yeah, and and so at this point, they're reaching below the belt yeah. there, and and even fall white left liberal media is they're saying, well, hey, if Black America's not gonna talk, we're gonna talk for you. Yeah. And no one asked them to do that, you know? <laughs> um, and so all of a sudden, they look in the mirror, they think they're black. So yeah. all of a sudden, that gives you the right to talk for us. So. Do you,
1: I know there's probably more you could say about that, so please feel free to wade in further, but do you? are you offended by the fact that even that sentiment that you just said, that they would treat black people as monolithic, it, that there is one singular black voice?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, because like right now in America, um, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, right? Right now, um, we need leadership in this country. Um, We're, we're, you know, as a Christian, uh, we are going down a slippery slope Mm -hmm. very fast because we don't have any real leadership people that want to live on real values, traditional values that you know our parents taught us coming up so because we get away from our values um we have no leadership in america Mm. and the democratic party right now and even even some of the republicans that i've you know had to meet they don't live off of true values either um i I like people that are conservative i like people that are common sense people people that make sense Mm -hmm. um what's what can how can we make this better yeah let's sit down let's reason together let's talk about this stuff because none of this stuff is going to get any better as long as you got people on 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 msnbcs and the cnn's and 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 then you've got people on fox and whatever other networks are constantly want to talk about race Mm -hmm. because does race exist in america of course it does does racism exist of course it does it's it's existed since the beginning of time right and it's not gonna go anywhere
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you know i'm not gonna go super spiritual here for a moment but the bible says there's nothing new under the sun that's right nothing new yeah so we need to stop acting like this stuff is just brand new because there are some people out here that want to pretend that race or racism does not exist mm-hmm. okay they they are truly preaching that right now that and they are, they're they're they call themselves conservatives yep. uh, without calling people's names. They're walking around here. America is great. It's the greatest country in the world. Yes, I I totally believe that. Sure. America is a great place to live and to be. But at the same time, we don't ignore reality. You so. cannot ignore the past, the present, nor the future. Yeah. So we as a, as Americans sitting in our churches every Sunday. And as you guys know, Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. So, until we start to really, truly, you know, let's just talk about it and move on. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with it because it's not it. and it's like the CRT thing. People want to bring that up. It was a big issue all summer long, you know, yeah. uh, and still is to some to some degree. Um, I'm not a I, I'm not for CRT. I think it should have stayed in the collegiate levels mm-hmm. of where it belonged. Yeah. because because of maturity purposes only. Um, I don't think that it was something that should have been taught in our elementary schools. I'm a father of four, so I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not i am not going to. I wouldn't dare teach that to my children because race racism is taught. Mm-hmm. It's taught. And right now, a lot of the parents that are pushing these ag- racist agendas, they're teaching our children to have divide and, and these walls up. Yeah. Amongst their peers, amongst themselves, I don't care what they say because it's it's just so it's it's very very uh, relevant today that we have to do things a certain way now.
1: Yeah, I think that's so good, and and maybe some of what I'm glad to see um, a strong man and a strong Christian man, uh, just quite frankly, regardless of race, to stand up and uh, run. In the congressional district that you're running in quite Mm -hmm. frankly because i think ultimately what we're experiencing i have a personal belief is not really um a racial reckoning Mm -hmm. i think what we're seeing is i think we're seeing a post-christian america (laughs) that's trying to reckon with truth Mm -hmm. and so now we have this really dysfunctional relationship with reality and this is why people two people can look at the same exact evidence and come with two totally different opinions Mm -hmm. about what those what's being said there and and i think this is where we get the kind of winsome serious thing and in, in yeah. the play is that the the media can just sit there and lie to your face oh yeah because we have a dysfunctional relationship <clears throat> with the truth and i can't help but wonder if that's because we have a dysfunctional relationship with god oh yeah and and that it, we we don't have any reference to reality to objective truth when we've gotten rid of the one who is truth
0: well see and that's the thing we have candidates out here right now and and not just You know media, but we have candidates and leaders in our state, great state of Tennessee, who can say they are believers of God, but their politics don't match it. Yeah, Um, contradicting scripture. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's you know a tree is known by the fruit it bears. You know, so it's Mm kind of like. This fruit that some of these people are showing out here, we know that's yeah. Don't get too right. scriptural, get in trouble. Yeah, I know you? it. I know it. Well, I don't care because <laughs> yeah. I'm always gonna have God first. So Come you know, on. I'm 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 just that way. So yeah. um, that's why we have to be very careful on who we do elect yeah. and who we do support because we are at a time where we can't go backwards because a lot, just like the left, can sell fear tickets. Some of our right people are selling. Fair tickets as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is what I love about you from what I can tell already, man, is that I was doing a video earlier today, and I made the statement that the vast majority of people do not vote for people. They vote against the other person. Yeah. I think I can't remember a single election in my life. No, it could just be me. Yeah. A single election in my life where I actually was like, oh, yes, I'm going to vote for this guy. It was almost always like 2016, which is I still <laughs> think Democrats don't get. Yeah. It's like you put up the worst candidate possible with possible. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And so you left you left us with Donald Trump it's, Yeah, it's kind of the way I viewed it is just and they and they still like Russiagate and all this stuff and I'm just like god you don't understand the worst <laughs> person ever uh, and and of, of course she was going to lose and so so um w- so that's typically the way I think elections mm-hmm. go is you're voting against the other person not getting in office. Yeah. And 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 so people like accuse Christians of so how could you vote for Donald Trump? Well, we didn't vote for him because he was a pillar of virtue by and large. No. We voted for him because he wasn't Hillary Clinton. Um uh, but it is good when you can vote for somebody because they have the moral standing, the the ethical uh framework. Well, you know, we don't want like yeah. a Christian America per se where everybody in elected office is Christians. We want you know, the kind of yeah. diversity melting pot and stuff. But when somebody like you comes along and you actually care about the truth, you care about being yeah. honest, it's always good to be able to have that person to vote for.
0: Well, yeah. Trump, I, I'll be honest with you. Trump set the trend um, from the time he started running. and then He set a bunch of them. Yes, yeah, he yeah. did <laughs> set a bunch of trends. I will say that 2018 was when I became a believer in Trump. Yeah. Uh, prior to then, I was very, very skeptical because say of his... i that's very true of me, too. Yeah, because of his past. Yeah. Uh, that's just be very honest. Um, um, Didn't know which Trump we were going to get, you know? But as I was seeing his policies of what he was truly protecting America and our borders. See, that's what's important to me is Mm -hmm. is can my children and my children's children have a future in America? Um, And so when he started to talk about border protection and all these things, he started to set a trend. And with him being a businessman on top of it, yeah. and personally, I think business people make the best politicians. I agree, hundred um, percent. We'll dig into your business class <laughs> a little bit, too. yeah. So, but but when when I saw that twenty four point six of African American men mm-hmm. voted for Trump this time, that resonated with me. But it should be resonating across this whole country, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason why is because the black man, for example, was has been torn and taken away from the family. Mm-hmm. from the great essence of the family yeah after 1960- do, you, do you want to say
1: why why do you think that is oh i can tell you exactly yeah, why
0: it, because it, it this all started in 1964 with the welfare act yeah and if people don't know your history on this you better look it up and read it and understand why our country is where it's at now it's because of our And
1: let me just insert this real quick. And you tell me, you fact check me real quick. So ultimately what happened with that Welfare Act is it incentivized fatherlessness, Mm -hmm. especially specifically in the black communities, which were still reeling from civil rights and from being disenfranchised in America, not having some of the same financial ability. So because they tended toward the poorer spectrum, they were candidates for welfare. But it incentivized fatherlessness because you could not have two people in the home that were making an income that could truly uh, subsist in that family. So ultimately what they were doing is – so it incentivized only having one parent in the home because then you have less income and you actually can qualify for welfare and you can get benefits from government. Well,
0: not just that, but what the Democratic Party wanted to do then was have one thing, and that was control. Mm. Control the mind because Lyndon B. Johnson said it himself. Yeah. If you got what? If you get him on welfare, you got to vote for life. Yeah, And that was a mindset. And he told, and he was able to get that mindset. The Democrats across his home country were able to instill that into black women's minds mm-hmm. to where at that time, if this black man comes around in that family, your, your benefits are cut off. Yep, that's right. And so, I have issues with that and that's why one of the first things I want to do when I get into Congress is go back and undo that 1964 welfare act wow. because it's it's not good it's not good for our country um it's not good for our future mm-hmm. um and quite frankly generational healing has not yet even occurred yeah. because of those types of things mm-hmm. um and so now the black man is just now getting to the point and because of Trump I believe yeah. and this is just my opinion okay um the black man has has is rising to a place of m- m- a lot more confidence yeah starting more businesses um remaining and strong of who they are taking care of their children wanting to be a the best father in the world all these types of things they they are uh, moving to be yeah. um and Trump proved that hey I can just be the person I need to be. Screw what everybody else thinks. I need to do what's right. Mm -hmm. Because we all know, and, and our ancestors know, my grandparents, everybody, we were all Republicans prior to all that anyway. Yeah. You know, so these values, the values that our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers that taught us these things, the values hadn't changed. Yeah. The values have always remained the same.
1: See, that's, I think that's really interesting, Quincy, is that I think by and large, um, and again, I may be treating, I don't want to come off as treating, but I'm just going to make a generality here. The, yeah. the black community lives Republican, but they preach Democrat.
0: Yeah, well, I won't say they preach Democrat. It's just that it's kind of like, okay, you got to scale a balance here of what's best for me now mm-hmm. and what's best for me later yeah most families and, and most black families live check to check yeah right so the now is what's more important to the single moms or to the families that are living yeah, income that, to income yeah that's, week that's, to week That's good, so yeah. so they have to focus on what's best for the t- make sure they take care of their families yeah um i i can't i can't harp on that enough because that's so important where well, we got to see the values yeah um when it comes to the churches in our communities and things like that, um, we we do not like to get away from that from the word. Um, first time things like that happens, it causes divide. It causes too much stuff. And as we you and know, I both know, society is trying to make you accept everything that the left wants to throw down your throat now. Yeah. You know, and I have nothing against the LGBTQ people or the communities or any of that because some of my dear friends. You know choose to live that way sure and that's okay i never judge them that's between them and god yeah. you know um but forcing certain social issues yeah. and pushing them down our throats we don't stand for that yeah and we're talking but, common sense right, stuff now right like boys right. using girls bath oh yeah yeah because then that's where the white liberal media has made it look like it's racism it's this it's that because they only want to show clips and videos around this country that are relative to their wrongful points. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so we could we could we could d- dwell on any of those things, but I think that's also really great, man. Um, and I hear your heart kind of peering through some of that stuff. So let's get to your heart. Let's talk a yeah. little bit about you, yeah. Because um, I'm really interested to talk about your business past, just because I believe that. I I'm, I'm really cynical about um people going into public office and then becoming enriched by that and yeah. I think that that's a really bad motiva- of motivator course it is. um so we'll talk about that but before let's roll the tape way back and let's talk about let's you uh in the womb yeah <laughs> uh you uh while you're pro-life and yeah. kind of the story with uh how you came into the world so let's talk about your mom and um uh, and her decision to give you up for adoption
0: sure so um it, it, if you want me to go into the quick, so I'll tell you the two minute version of okay. of it really quick. Uh, and to you our share whatever you want, yeah, to our listeners out there. So, um, I was adopted um, at the age of ten into a great old elderly black family, uh, family of girls, the only boy. Okay. So, and your dad uh, was a marine. Yes, yes, he was. Well, army, army. Okay, he army was an army. army yeah, um, he was a disabled veteran. Um, so, uh, but prior to 1976 uh, in Murfreesboro, uh, and I was told this story at 34. By the way, so, wow! So, yeah. what you
1: didn't know until 34?
0: No, I didn't know the details oh, okay. of things okay. until then. Until my mother actually shared the information with me. Um, but um, it was in a dry cleaners one day, man, and they. Uh, my mama was going into a dry cleaners. She was crying. This is your biological she, yes, mom? Yes, biological. She was walking into a dry cleaners, upset, crying. Um, and she was going into the dry cleaners, and an uh, a elderly black gentleman was coming out. And he stopped her and was like, hey, can I – is everything okay with you? And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. She tried to keep walking, and he stopped her and was like, hey, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. He's every, like, you know, and she was like, Well, I'm Catholic, so it, you know, it, you can pray for me, but, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, he prayed for her and they went on about their way. Well, she went and sat back and down in her car for a whole hour and she was crying because she was trying to decide about aborting me or not. Mm. Um, I am a product of a love, I'm a love child um, that came from adultery, uh, out of an adulterous situation. Uh, so, that's why she was contemplating the abortion piece on me mm. as I was um, in the womb. So um, she was, con- she had to go back home and tell her husband that, Hey, uh, I'm pregnant wow. by a black man. What a brave woman. Yeah. And they're Italian by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you know anything, about <laughs> culture, it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, she told him, told family they got divorced. Of course um, she had me, my grandmother took care of me for the first three months, um, and then I went to live in several homes um, in the foster system uh, for the remaining time. Um, my First Christmas that I had um, got adopted, um, they asked me what would I want for Christmas for the first time, and I was like, I don't know. I mm-hmm. I wasn't used to getting anything, so I didn't know how to answer that question, you know? Yeah. And so from that standpoint on, uh, I was like, well, I want to meet my mother. And so they found her. Um, so Christmas morning, she came along with my grandmother. Mm. Um, and so we're sitting on the couch beside each other, looking at each other, grinning from ear to ear, up and down. Um, and within, I think within two minutes, my uh, adoptive father walks into the room on his walkers and he sits in his normal chair. Um, and he just got down on his knees. He started, starts crying, pointing at my mother. And then my adoptive mom, mom was looking at him like, "What's wrong with you? Is everything okay?" And he pointed at my mother and said, "You're the same woman I prayed for at the dry cleaners." Wow,
1: that's yeah. insane.
0: So, so the so the biggest thing is, with that, I didn't know what the heck was going on during that time because I just know some tears were being shed and there were, you know, uh, just. You know having a moment there they were having a moment until at the age of 34 when my, my mother was actually telling me the situation and the, the meaning of all this that's when I started to realize purpose mm. um that's when I started to realize I understand why I've gone through so much yeah um from being a student in school to being a, a, a a dad, to being a husband, to being all these things, and the the, the the low places that I've been, to the high places I've been, the ups and downs, the failures that come along with it, yeah. with life, um, you now understand things because it's like, man, God saved me. yeah God saved me in the womb. He saved me through prayer. He yeah. saved me through, you know, by my mom being obedient and following that spirit. Mm -hmm. that's in her and that's why today I tell her don't ever feel bad about you know things because we didn't get to grow up she didn't get to raise me so we go through things um and then she she got out there on drugs and things like that and had to you know go through a lot with her over the years so um we're just now rekindling our relationship uh to to a degree of of Well you can actually talk real with your mom. You know? Um, so it's been very I've been very grateful, but also um it's been a humbling experience to to even think sit back and think about these things of life and how important it is to us. So that's why I'm pro life. That's why I um Yeah, how could you not be after that, right? Under no circumstances do I believe an abortion should take place. Yeah. Um I've been asked this question on the campaign trail a lot. They're like, even on a rate? even at a rape, mm-hmm. because, you know, it all starts when it happens, Yeah, when it's conceived. Yeah, and know? then why blame the baby for that? Yeah, you can't blame the child, because yeah. you never know. God has a purpose for every one of us in our lives, man. See,
1: that story is so powerful to explain. I mean, you you're basically that the walking story we used to tell everybody what if the what if one day he becomes president so i was like i mean now you're a senatorial candidate and uh, congress uh, (laughs) sorry congressional uh, congressional candidate um and uh and doing all sorts of other great things and so i'm just thinking to myself like we don't maybe it's because we don't understand providence that we don't really understand the the, even among christians Mm -hmm. man because i've really interacted a lot lately with uh, Christians that kind of fall, lean more left. Yeah. Um, And they're saying, like, well, I believe in being pro-life, but I think a woman should have her choice. And it's just like, well, then if that's true, then what you don't believe, you can't argue that you actually believe that that baby inside of that womb is providential. Because if so, then... Then you can't you can't just exterminate you can't just get rid of it Re- yeah. regardless of the platitudes you put behind it that's that's a baby that has a purpose that God knows in the womb
0: oh yeah and plus that t- I think too that that's part of our faith mm-hmm. how much faith like it's I know it's cliche to say I always have faith in God yeah but that actually is pretty deep when you think about it because that means you operate every single day on every moment of your life on. You don't like with me. I don't worry about anything. I've come to the conclusion in my life now mm. why I don't worry. Yeah. Because why? I have totally learned through hard knocks mm-hmm. to put my faith in God. Yeah. And because whatever's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. You know. I just got to be ready for the whatever's gonna happen. Yeah. You know. Um, nowadays things don't surprise me. Okay. Uh, what politicians, what our, what our, you know, presidents doing? What all this stuff? None of this stuff surprises me anymore. Mm-hmm. About anything. It's just. Oh, okay. Well, let's put a plan together. Let's get just a solution. Figure out what to do about it. Yeah. yeah, let's because one of the biggest things right now is what I don't like about what's happening in America, and this is just even going on to our living rooms, to our coffee tables, and to our dining tables at home. We don't. We we are quick to sit around to talk about problems mm-hmm. constantly. I wish this. And the left is this. The left is this. The right is this. The right is this why can't we just come up with some solutions and start instead of talking about the problems all the time because as a business owner yeah. imagine if i surround focused on our problems all the time we wouldn't mm-hmm. get anywhere yeah no business is successful focusing on your problems all the time no way yeah, and I- so what makes it any different for our country and our politicians and our and the House and the, and the Senate. What makes it any different sitting around focusing on problems all the time?
1: So let's talk about that for a minute. So uh, let's talk about your business past because I really do agree with you. I think that uh, we saw this in Donald Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. I know there are people who are disagree, but that's okay, they're entitled to be wrong. Uh, but uh, I really think that one of the things that made him an effective politician was because he was an effective businessman because he was a politician. Now, there's two things that I have to say about that. Um, One of them is that I I really am concerned about the motivation behind people who are looking towards public office to enrich themselves. Of course. Um, So... Like when these politicians get up and they say, "Well, we, well, I'm going to make sacrifices because I can afford to do so." It's like, yeah, but the people that voted for you may not be able to make those sacrifices because those people actually voted for you and put you in office, and now you're worth millions of dollars. <laughs> um, uh, so I worry about the motivation, but then beyond that, I also worry about the experiential side of things. Yeah, I think running a business gives you such crucial experience, like what you just said with problem solving. Yeah, like you cannot run a successful business and constantly field problems. You have to come up with solutions. That's Right. And it's just like, dude, I almost wonder if these guys are paid to wallow in problems like (laughs) um, uh, up at the Capitol because they they seem to come up with a lot of issues to fight about, but not really anything to actually solve anything. Yeah. Um, And. Maybe that's just part of the ineffectiveness of government, government, uh, our government, and it's maybe built that way because there's checks and balances, and so the government's not supposed to be too powerful. But also, it would be nice to actually like believe that our politicians are really serious about something, mm-hmm. and they really want to see things get done. So, how has your business experience... Well, let, let's start... Roll the tape back even a little bit. Um, what What is your experience as a businessman?
0: Well, my, uh, I'm in the payment processing world, so okay. a fintech space. Um we are a company, Covenant Pay Partners. We're headquartered in Nashville. Okay, um, I've been in this realm for 22 and a half years. Uh, so I'm considered a veteran in this space, okay? So um, we get to see the control and the outflow of money in and out, in and out of businesses and, and, part of my job i started the organization but i have a president now that runs the company um and my job is to maintain relationships our strategic partnerships and make sure the lights stay on you know and yeah sure uh, that... and i
1: want to mention this so you started it yeah and then it grew to a multi-million dollar company
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're we're processing uh, about 1.2 billion dollars a year wow. in payments okay. um around the globe um and that's due to some very Great partnerships that we've built over the years, relationships that we've we've garnered. So, um, and that's why it's so important to understand that business and politics mixes mm-hmm. uh, because the same way of running a business, you have to. I figure you need to run the country the same way. And I think that's why Trump. That's why I related to Trump so much was because of his business vernaculars, uh, yeah. uh, his business protocol of handling things. Um, it was uncommon it was to some people it, people couldn't get along with that they didn't see that they don't oh. see the the importance of running this country almost like a business yeah. uh just because of the the problems that you have to deal with because yeah. as a business owner you got to pay taxes you've got to deal with employee issues you've got to focus on your own issues you yeah. got we all have family problems at home I, it, we go through the same very same things um, we always constantly think and make sure we're making the right decisions about everything so sitting down being able to come to the conference table and saying hey these are our three problems what are the solutions mm-hmm. because me I'm the kind of a am the kind of person where if we're dealing with a problem I, I don't like to sit around and focus on it because I don't have the patience nor the time mm-hmm. to deal with the problem if there's a problem you freaking fix it You're right it's just that simple. I don't want to dwell on something from the past or what's been hurting or holding us back. Um, I want, I'd rather have a solution and move forward. 100%. Now, now if that solution can't be carried out, that's a leadership problem. Yeah, That's a purely – and if it's me, I need to step out of the way mm-hmm. and let somebody – Carry that see, solution out.
1: See, these are all the things that you learn in business. Yeah. I don't think you learn this in, no. in the political sphere. No,
0: it's not. And you can't. And so that's why I say that these term limits, people, we got to have term, lim- yeah. term limits. Uh, I believe in it. Um, I believe that yeah, that people have served their time. Like I'm running against Jim Cooper in Nashville. Uh, God bless his soul. He's a nice guy. He's a very intelligent person. But he's been in Congress 32 years, and he's yeah. represented Nashville And I cannot see the benefits of it because there's so many problems that exist there that they have not been solutions. Um, I mean, even going all the way down to his brother, which is our mayor. So, you know... So where I'm looking at this thing is common sense, man. This all goes back to common sense because, again, we got to have a balance... My goal is to have a balanced society. Um, I know it's almost... It's almost cliche to hear somebody say that, but that's truly my heart desire because I tell everyone this very thing right here. I'm not running for Congress because I need a job. Yeah. I'm not running for Congress because I need health benefits. Yeah. I'm not running for Congress because, oh, I'm just trying to get popularity and stardom out of this. This is not what this is about. Yeah. I'm doing it because we truly need a change. We tr- Everybody needs a voice that represents them, that looks like them. So when that way they wake up, they look in the mirror in the mornings, I'm representing them. They represent me. I want, like even then, that's one of the strong points that I've put into the minority communities. When you think of me, think of your voice. Mm -hmm. I'm talking for you, because why? I've been you. I know what it's like you're hurting without. You you know, you got problems with your children, you got problems on your job. I've been there, done it you know so god has just placed me in a position now of leadership where through experiences I'm able to talk and understand you mm-hmm. so that's why you have to vote for me that's why you have to have voices in congress and in senate to where you know people are going to support you and they're going to they're you're going to say what they're feeling yeah you know and that's what put trump in office he was saying things that people that hadn't voted in years you know he brought them out yeah
1: yeah he didn't i I think this is one of the things that uh that hillary clinton especially did wrong but also that that trump seemed to get right um is that he understood coming from the business world that kind of elitist perspective that sometimes politicians have because they haven't really dealt with like real people or ever haven't had to like be concerned with, with employees and understanding that the decisions that they make mm-hmm. um, on a macro and micro level actually affect the well being of people in a really, really real yeah. way. And so when uh, Hillary Clinton is talking about basket of deplorables and then Donald Trump saying things that actually looks like he's, you no, know, I know politicians can play a good game but but actually looks like he's concerned with people who Mm -hmm. uh, are struggling concerned with people who have to bear the weight of decision making that's that's made from from politicians and stuff like that um i think that's one of the things that donald trump really got right and i think that that's one of the things that you can borrow from the business world that you can bring into political discussions so Mm -hmm. that said i'm i really do just have to ask you frankly you're a successful businessman mm-hmm. awesome story beautiful family how many kids you got by the way uh four you got four wow okay yeah. so no tv at home uh how old how old are you kids <laughs> uh all
0: the way from seven to fourteen
1: okay cool so cool i've got a seven year old too um all right, so uh, you got all that stuff going for you, and then you just go and totally screw it all up by
0: running for a political office. Oh what is wrong with you? I know, man. I, I tell you, my uh, my son, he asked me the other day. He said, "Dad, he said, do you really want to do this?" He was like, "Cause people talk about you and stuff like that." And I'm like, "Well, they talked about Jesus too. What you gonna do about it?" Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, and and that's what I'm saying. If you Trump proved a lot of stuff, and I, I'm, I'm sorry I keep referencing him. It's not that – he's just – he proved a lot mm-hmm. in this country during his election cycle. Yeah, he's, he's one – I mean, a lot. let's
1: just speak, speak about that objectively. He yeah. is one of the few people who doesn't come from a deep state political kind of frame of reference yeah. as a president. And, yeah. and everybody else is going through the ranks of political office. Yeah, and tr- So Trump is different regardless yeah. of if you like him or dislike him. Yeah, There's regardless. Some, and yeah. I don't
0: like everything that he did. Yeah by far I don't I mean I figure whoever I mean I, I figure like his 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 right age should have been like give me your cell phone yeah <laughs> stay off the laptop yes. get off the computer we got a country to that go probably yeah. Yeah. he's probably got one under the pillow yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah and I so yeah I think that there are a lot of things that he didn't and he could yeah. have addressed and done things a little differently sure. but um uh, but he did not but bottom line is he still proved that being yourself being authentic being a voice of the people mm-hmm and protecting this country, that's what people want. That's what they want to know. And people that are just in this for the show, because I've noticed people would, there are a lot of candidates out right in this country looking to get Trump's endorsement. Why can't you just get the people's endorsement? Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, if Trump endorses me, great. But I'm not running them down. I'm not trying to go to his events and, you know, and let be seen just yeah. to get his endorsement. No, because the people is what put you in office. Yeah. You know, and I want I'm concerned about, you know, Tennessee. That's where my concern is because I was born and raised here. I've seen it from go from a little dot on the map to to where places like Nashville and, and the and the out lines here of Chattanooga and things like that are growing. Yeah. Um, because we're pulling in all sorts of people. And that's where we as citizens, local citizens, have to question everybody that's moving into this state that wants to run for office, we have to question their motives. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't understand the people here, how can you understand politics? Yep. And it you can't just come into... Because I, I, I was in a conversation with um, a very uh, high legislative person, and we were discussing the same issue right now. And one of the biggest things was that if a person couldn't make a difference from where they come from but then all of a sudden want to come into Tennessee and start running yeah. for public office and acting like you're the best thing since sliced bread and you're going to make a difference but you couldn't make a difference in your own hometown yep. there's a problem there what are you running from mm-hmm. You know, so Tennesseans are real man yeah. we're volunteers for a reason yeah. you know um, and <laughs> we are just very authentic people you take it or leave it yep. it's just that simple Okay, so let me ask this real quick, because you, yeah.
1: what kind of, what does the district look like? Because you're pretty, you're pretty purple, right? Oh, yeah, if not blue. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's it's all the way. It's it's a D nine. Okay. Um, it's considered a D nine. Uh, so about sixty something, high sixties percent, uh, Democratic. Okay. Um, last, it's been over sixty to seventy years since a Republican has won in Nashville. Wow. Hence, that's why it's 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 a blue it's a blue city, mm-hmm. um. A, every time a Republican has ran against uh in this area to um, become Congress they've not been successful mm-hmm. um and I can tell you one reason why everyone knows and it's similar to what our previous conversation was um before we started talking was you have to know the people in the area um and majority of the cities like Nashville and Chattanooga the inner core cities they're all democratic yep And we know that the minority votes is what people can count on to get them in, Mm -hmm. especially on the Democratic ticket. Well, we haven't done a good job as conservatives to go after the minority vote. Yeah. Um, And that's my priority is to actually go after the minority vote because it's so crucial that I – let them realize and see their roots all over again. Start teaching and showing the traditional values that our mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers taught us of this is why things were a lot different. Mm -hmm. We can do away with a whole lot of problems if we get back to some tra- tradi- uh, traditional values. Yeah. There's you know? there's
1: this – I don't know. You have probably heard this too. And forgive me. I'm just going to go off the cuff here That's and off right. the top of my head. But the idea that like – now, obviously, we don't want to go back to this age. But there was something happening within the family structure of uh, the black American family mm-hmm. pre-civil rights where their household income – uh, was greater than it is um, presently, I think.
0: No, um, it was. I can get, let me give you an example with yeah. that. And most people don't even know about this. Have you ever heard of Black Wall Street?
1: Uh, No, actually. Okay. I
0: don't think so. This is in Tulsa, in Norman, Oklahoma. Over 660 black owned businesses were in one area where the black dollar was circulating within its own vicinities within the businesses between they had their own airports they had their own doctor's offices attorneys hospital Yeah, I mean you name it and out of that 660 businesses black owned 131 of them were women owned Mm, businesses whether they were seamstress whether they were doctors whatever but because the Democrats back then were missing out on that consumer dollar they burned it down Mm -hmm. and blamed it on the Republicans wow it's some big history there and that's why recreating the black wealth portion of this piece and I'm not trying to take it down this road here on this conversation but it's important that I be a voice for that. Yeah. And understand to show people this is this is how we were because back then and this is still true today, uh, I believe and I'm in I'm in the finance tech world so I I see the money coming and going. I believe that if Black America is doing well. America does well, mm-hmm. and the reason why I say that is because African Americans are the number one spending culture on the driven market. They're number one. Okay. Now, do we save? No. Problems of saving. Yeah. But we're quick to spend. Yeah. And so these types of things, these stats that are out there, people don't talk about them enough. Yeah. They don't make them aware enough. So what am I? Go- my job is to go into a place like Nashville, and flip this blue to red based on facts, mm-hmm. not on emotions. I'm not selling wolf tickets to, you know, get emo- people all emotionally yeah. involved in stuff. To lose voice. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have it because I don't. I'm not benefit. I'm not trying to get in Congress to, he have a, have a job. Yeah. I'm doing well for myself. I don't need. I don't need Congress money. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's just how I look at this whole piece, man. So that's part of my agenda is just to teach facts, not just in Nashville, but let it be abroad around this whole country that, mm-hmm. hey, we got a model campaign here. We got a model congressman here that knows what the heck they're talking about because of facts. Yeah.
1: All right. So that being said, obviously people can go to your website and they can check out some of the things that you're running on, but mm-hmm. let's talk about some of those facts, some of those things that you think are. Uh, Either one important to the black community mm-hmm. or the minority community that you're mm-hmm. trying to reach, or just those big ticket items that you think are really, really important for people who are going to be voting for you to uh, to know that these are the things that you're going to try to accomplish and that these are the things that you support. So, what are kind of those some those big ideas that that you're running on that are important to you?
0: Well, <clears throat> children and our education. Um, there are a lot of policies and bills that are that are reflecting and that are touching a lot of the children, our children departments and our education uh, units across this country that are truly affecting things. And I want to focus there first because, and also along with our economy to make sure that small business America is moving forward. Um, Because without small business America, we don't move forward. Right. Um, And, So between our small businesses and supporting them and making sure that they have every single resource they need to our education system, making sure that we become better, Mm -hmm. our stats become better, uh, that we're not following China and every other country in education because right now our numbers do not look good Mm -hmm. compared to the rest of the world when it comes to education. Um, More and more people are... I've noticed in education are not having a desire to move forward with college and things of that nature. People just want to make the quick dollar and think, oh, I got it. I'm going to make a million dollars by the time I'm 24. And If I hear that word again, if I hear that again, <laughs> one more time in my life, I'm going to go nuts.
1: Hey, man, as long as they get a TikTok account, they're going to be famous, you know? Bro. Yeah. So I want, to, I want to ask you about this because uh, education is a big ticket item for a lot of people right now, yeah. um, predominantly because of conversations about critical race theory but then also because people the moment you say critical race theory people are like ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah. but uh, but but it's also beyond that it's also comprehensive sex education um I I can only say this. If you don't think this is a big issue, then you just don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. because the moment you start to see some of the things that our kids are being subjected to, you Mm -hmm. actually see like the sex education books that were being promulgated in Loudoun County. When you see that stuff, Mm -hmm. like um, (laughs) fellatio on a brother and sister Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. And it's just like, maybe it fits well in Tennessee, but anyway, um, I'm just joking. But But when you see that stuff, you realize, okay, this is this is a big issue. So um, our governor has already signed a bill about critical race theory. um, But just to kind of push a little bit further into that issue, just to see what you think about this. The reality is, is that there is no critical race theory class in elementary school, middle school or high school. But the reality is, is that they are pushing books that espouse the ideas of critical race theory. I would almost even say that if you're not doing it in an underhanded way, and your kids your kids know what they're getting into, and quite frankly, they're learning critical race theory so that they can critique it rather than be taught it as a reality, mm-hmm. um, and then say it's history. Um, uh, I, I would almost say, okay, teach it so they can critique it, but don't teach it and then teach it that it, as though it's history. Um, but uh, uh, but what is your what is your stance about? Um, Governor Lee's order being um sidestepped and around, uh and and still being taught in terms of the books that they endorse, the books that they have in their library, and the books that they're actually um, encouraging kids to read as required required reading.
0: Sure. Well, I'm a believer in this very simple process right here. You open the door for one thing, uh-huh. that's a gateway for the rest of it to come. Yep. And by allowing CRT and its Points behind it and its issues behind it, that's opening the door mm-hmm. for not only things to be taught that shouldn't be taught at schools, but then it also opens the door for things to be accepted of Charlie meet Charlie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Eve meet Steve, and Steve is actually Eve, and yeah. I mean, it, it just opens the door for a lot of confusing Things that that God did not design, mm-hmm. um, or at least
1: things that should be taught in the home.
0: Correct. Like like for example, things that we talk about at home. You know, I, I teach my children how to balance a checkbook. Mm-hmm. You know, these basic things, these basic fundamentals. We've as parents, as people, we've got to get back to the basic fundamentals of teaching these, having these, that, yeah. having these dinner time table talks, or instead of putting down, jumping on Xbox and playing. Yeah show me how to balance a checkbook. Uh You know, show me how to uh, tell me, tell me about what's your thought on, on, on on this critical race theory stuff Mm -hmm. because kids are, believe it or not, they're discussing it now because it's part of their, some of these schools have made it a part of their curriculum to what we're, our point here. So I believe that our governor and Governor Lee and I are good friends. And and I, I, but I believe that I want to make sure that he is, as he's representing Tennessee, uh, we are a conservative state Mm -hmm. um, and we want Tennessee to see the stay conservative. Yep. Um. So by not allowing under the table ideologies and and backdoor things to coming into to our education system and into our libraries around this state, we have got to be man and woman enough to say this is not what I'm going to allow yeah. to be occurring in our libraries because you know and if not I'll just pull my kids out and homeschool them. Yeah. Now because that's what we did now we're homeschooling. Yeah um that's to private school. Yeah. And so I'm that I'm at that place where where we have to hold our government accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, um and at least going back to what I was saying, let's get a solution here, man. Yeah. And I understand that the governor and I want other a lot of people to understand this. Being the governor, you're not just a Republican governor, you're not just a Democratic governor. You're yeah, the governor of the people. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So understand that that's a very difficult job to do mm-hmm. because you're going to upset in, somebody along the way. You're going to not make everybody happy. Right. right. But you're going to have to do what's best for our state and for our children's future. Yeah. And that's what we have to keep in mind. So I hope and I pray to God that Governor Lee will put his foot down a little bit more and, and, and not allow things past our shoulders here, um, even concerning this mask mandate. Um, I just think it's the most ridiculous thing. I don't disrespect respect people if they choose their to wear a mask. Choice, yeah. You know, that's their choice. It's their liberty. It's their right. But I don't think we as people should disrespect them in public if they are wearing a mask. Is mm-hmm. that's their if that's their business. You know. Yeah. So, um, but I, I don't want it mandated. And then even as a business owner, for me, I'm not going to mandate and require my employees to all yeah. come in and you, know, you got to be masked or having a shot. No, man. Listen, you we are all grown people here. You know, if you want to go get your shot, you go get it. Yeah. That's on you.
1: Yeah. See, that's the conversation that we we should be having rather than, like, the merits of a mandate is that, like, we need to, like, step back a couple of steps and realize common sense is dead when the government tells <laughs> us what to do. Like, because yeah. now we're taking away the right of people to think for themselves, which yeah. is never the government's job. No. So no wonder common sense is, like one of the commodities that is dying in the streets. Like we've got even the most educated people on the planet who have zero wisdom whatsoever. Yeah. Um, And it, and it's all because like, as the government gets bigger, common sense dies uh, more. Um,
0: And I will say this too, and I want to drop this in our pastors of all our churches, I'm glad you're saying something about that. They have got to stand up. Yeah. They have got to stand up for what's right. Mm -hmm. I don't care what, they feel they if they're gonna lose, they may lose some of their membership. They may lose some of their tithing. Yeah. But guess what? You stand on mm-hmm. God. That's what I need them to do. Yeah. Um, because people say that church and state should be separate, you know. But the Bible says you give Caesar what's Caesar's. That's right. And give God what's God's. You can't. They, they the, the two go together, man. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, our founding fathers created this country on biblical principles. One hundred percent. So. I, I'm, I'm a I'm a believer, like pastors like Greg Locke in, in, in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, he's a fire and brimstone preacher, man. <laughs> yeah. And some people love him. Some people are like, eh, but guess what? That man is standing on some truth. And I love the fact that he's actually if standing. He's stand, yeah. yeah. He's taking a stand on principles. It's biblical principles. Just do the right thing here, yeah. man. And that's why when you see things like that, um, um, and i'm not putting him on a pedestal or anything it's just i'm like using him as an example right absolutely because he started with a small number of people and now he's flowing out of the doors on sunday morning man because people are tired they're wanting to put their hope in god completely yep. man and instead of on the government yep so so i'm just using him as an example because i want people to understand it we as people and and then these pastors out here they've got to say you know what we don't need your government money mhm you know, you can't tell us, come in our church doors and tell us what to do. You know, if you want to take away our five hundred one c 3 status, go right ahead. God will man. supply.
1: I, I always say this. I think the best cure for bad ideas are good ideas, and there's no better idea than those found in Scripture. So, <laughs> I like it. Uh, so we, you need to add to your vocabulary the name uh, uh, Frank Ramser, too, by the way, who is the pastor of Calvary Chapel here in Chattanooga okay. because he's been a really— Uh, a powerful advocate for people at this time, too, with mask mandates and um, with the vaccine mandates and then also the closing down of churches and stuff like that. He started, and he was just like, okay, now— now we're done. Yeah. We're going to open this church up. People need the church and we're going to it's never happening again. Um, so anyway, I'd love to connect you with him because he's, yeah. a, he's a solid. That'd dude. be great.
0: Yeah, because I think shutting down these churches and shutting down our states, that was the worst thing that we could have done. And that's why. And I think this was all part of the Democratic plan was to shut down America. Mm. So the control. Will be infiltrated into our communities. Yeah, our control is back totally, depending on the government, and yeah. that's why people don't want to work now.
1: And, and you're not even you're not even that's not even conspiracy theory. No. That's straight from the mouth of babes, man, or yeah. straight from the uh, from the source. Uh, because it was Rahm Emanuel and Hillary Clinton themselves who said, um, you "Never let a good crisis go to waste." And I cannot help but just hear those words echoing my, in my head with everything that we're seeing right now, with mm-hmm. uh, everything that's going with COVID and then climate change stuff. Is that getting people emotional mm-hmm. helps them stop thinking for themselves and then rely upon other people yep. and looking to the government for solutions yep. so um, so i i, I think Having a common sense conservative um, running in in the fifth district, I think is going to be a huge deal. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited that you're doing that. So um, I want to give uh, you the opportunity to say anything else you want to say, but then also to would you let people know how they can follow you either on social media and then also yep. to where where your website is so people can stay up to date.
0: So yeah, so you can definitely find me on the web uh, at uh, quincyforcongress.com. Uh, that's my name four just not the number four but for yeah. congress.com and I'll uh, put that down in the description for yeah. the show <laughs> yeah you can definitely go there and uh and uh, read a little bit more if you want to and and donate um as far as social media is concerned um, I am on Facebook you can go to Quincy for congress. now Quincy for Congress or Quincy mcKnight um I am a I, I, I tell everybody we don't need to be voting people voting on people based on how many followers they got yeah uh, which boasts on people yeah. and where they stand with issues. Um, so you'll see that on my social media, I share my life. I share my business um, and the people I meet, the conversations I have. I show share those things because I want people to see the real thing mm-hmm. um, and know what you, you You get what you vote for, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely that so
1: okay yeah well I'll put that all down in the description below Um, I thank you for your honesty I thank you for your bravery and I thank you for being nuts enough to want to get into the (laughs) political realm with everything else you got going on so um, thank you man and uh, I wish you the best moving forward thank you for having me today absolutely bye bye everybody our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors If you like what you heard today, please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends. And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. IndieThinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to indiethinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think
0: for yourself.